Welcome everybody to another episode of Into the Stratosphere. I'm your girl Cindy G. Hope everybody did have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yours truly did. I've been doing some baking. If you guys saw my Instagram stories and also the Twitter fleet, which I know it's kind of like their Instagram slash Snapchat story version for Twitter. Um, you guys know I've been baking that Hershey Kisses cookies, which the proper term is the Hershey Kisses Blossom. And I did make some mashed potato and gravy on the side. Homemade mashed potato, but pre-made gravy with some like spices to make it more homemade-like. But yeah, overall it tastes really good, especially the dinner and, you know, being with my family. That's all that matters. So yeah, you guys, forever grateful for, you know... Being here, being alive, especially during this crazy time, y'all. But hey, we all got to stick through it no matter what, one step at a time, too. But anyway, enough about me. So anyway, you guys, we are in episode 17. Get ready to fly! <laughs> y'all know what is the, the theme of this episode is, so I'm going to get into that one. We're going to get into the recaps because, man, there's a lot to talk about. So, of course... Starting off with the wrestling headline news, which actually it is a sad one. Also, I'm going to be talking about the AEW Heal event that I've attended last week, which is kind of like the talent show showcase and Britt Baker's um, Q&A. Also, recaps from and results for New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong from last week and from this week. And plus, Latest um, recap and results from this week's episode of Impact Wrestling, y'all. So, yep, those are the what I'm going to be covering for today's episode. But before I get into that, so as you guys know, wanted to give a shout out to Philip and Brandon because their show is going to be in the episode 200, you guys. Like, wow. These guys have been working their butts off for like four years up to the point where they're actually... In the 200th episode. So it's going to be up this upcoming week. Well, technically this week, you guys. Because we're in like this week, of course. And of course, yours truly is going to be there. So all I can say is it is going to be the longest episode ever. Not because I love to talk so much that it goes to the extensive time. But we're going to be having a couple guests as well. Well, technically, Philip brought in some couple guests so you guys gonna be seeing it it's a lot of fun and all the jazz too so anyway y'all with that being said let's go ahead and kick off with some wrestling headline which like I said um there is a sad news on the wrestling headline that has been broke on November 25th so unfortunately guys um one of the founders of Impact Wrestling and he served as the executive vice president, producer, and he wore many hats. Um, Bob Ryder has passed away at the age of 64 from cancer, of course. And it's been devastating in the wrestling world, especially for people who has been working with Impact Wrestling for so many years. Who is there in the past and also currently. So Bob Ryder, prior to founded Impact Wrestling, which at the time it was TNA Wrestling with Jerry and Jeff Jarrett. Um, he was a wrestling journalist, especially one of the pioneers of like internet wrestling news that cultivated of how 
how wrestling in like in like mass media online can elevate it especially he did work in wcw in the past too and so west i've read like a couple of the tweets from like current impact wrestling star former impact wrestling star that is now like whether with wwe or aew or even new japan pro wrestling they say nothing but really good things about bob Ryder. like he makes sure that um he always like making sure each of the towns are being taken care of. He's easy to get along with everybody. And and the fact that Bob Ryder refuses to take any time off, especially when he was going through a chemotherapy treatment, he always wanted to make sure that he wanted to to help impact wrestling as much as they can, like to go higher. He's been through so much, especially like the the best of time and the hardest time, especially the worst time in Impact Wrestling, like especially from years ago too. So I give much respect to Bob Ryder for like sticking it through for so many years. And it's sad that like it comes to, you know, his life come to an end. It's really sad, you know, and the fact that like he was still working from home during this pandemic and unfortunately like, he couldn't able to come to the last pay-per-view, which is Battle for Glory, which he actually promised to everyone, but he couldn't because of his health and how bad this pandemic is. So wanted to send my condolences and my prayers and energy goes out to the friends, family, loved ones, callings, and everybody that knows Bob Ryder. May he rest in peace and thank you, Bob, for doing anything you can to put an amazing like company even though it has some like highs and lows but hey impact wrestling is continuing to be strong no matter what i know anthem is actually going to be doing their best to continue on with the legacy especially with ed ed norholm scott demore and don callis as well so i know they already did the tapings for impact wrestling in advance, but I'm pretty sure they're going to be adding in some tributes like within days and weeks to come to honor Bob Ryder. So, yeah, you guys, this is the sad wrestling headline news that um, that is breaking as of late, you guys. And it was on like the day before Thanksgiving. Like, it's really unfortunate to say, but yeah. Anyway, guys, another wrestling headline news. This is regarding Impact Wrestling. So. So according to Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Reserve Newsletter, stated that an Impact Wrestling star that was at the recent um, television taping was tested positive for COVID, of course. He also stated that there were a few wrestlers were notified that one wrestler noted to us that most of the wrestlers were not told and were not very hot having to hear the news through gossip. And so... And so... What I say is like they added to the point to that Impact has only been doing temperature checks and not the whole COVID nineteen test. So this is pretty much very new because we really have really had any news about regarding with like which Impact star tested positive for COVID or anything that like that. Because I know WWE is facing tons of backlash about having their staff members and their talents testing positive for COVID. I know they've been spoken out a lot. And then when in AEW, I know even though they did like the whole COVID testing temperature, the whole nine yawns ever since like the pandemic break, you know, but some of the stars 
did actually test positive for COVID, like Lance Archer, for example, and also Benjamin Carter, which he only made the appearance like from AEW Dark, and also like that the after the AEW Dynamite after show or something like that prior to him getting signed to WWE. So I know a lot of people are going to be having like backlash about like, oh, they shouldn't have done any other like appearances, meet and greet, or, you know, doing indie bookings. I understand. It's really, it's really hard for the talents to just make sure that they're trying to be extra careful, especially you never know like where this freaking virus is lingering. It could be anywhere too, even though like this is like a very dire situation that like the whole world and this universe is facing too. So I know we got to accept the term, the fact that like, you know, it could be lingering anywhere. And the only thing we got to protect is just make sure to clean and disinfect, social distancing, wearing our face mask or any face protecting. Like I said, no excuse because, no excuses because this pandemic is getting out of control, you guys. So hopefully whoever is... Whoever um, tested positive for COVID, hopefully sending nothing but love and prayers, best wishes to this particular talent, and hopefully there's not any other uh, like development to come by from Impact Wrestling. So let's just hope they're going to be, be okay. But anyway, and then on the last piece of the headline, you guys, so as you guys know, to, like on... On Tuesday, November 24th, Kira Hogan has been posted a very concerning um, series of tweets saying that she wanted to run away, she wanted to quit her life or life or anything that is negative to going down with Spyware. And so that's where a lot of people are like checking in to see like if she's okay. And the last tweet she said like she's going to turn off her phone because she couldn't handle like what she's been going through. Well, according to... Talk is Impact Podcast. They did talk to to whoever works with Impact Wrestling, saying that a couple of the talents and Impact Wrestling official did reach out to her, and she's actually okay. So whatever Kara Hogan's going through, hopefully she better pull through no matter what. I mean, we haven't heard anything from her since then. I know that her girlfriend, Diamante, who is now with AEW, I don't know if she's still signed or she's still kind of like doing like a short-term contract since she's like the current um AEW women's tag team tournament winner alongside Eva Lise. Um she like all she went back home and just celebrated Thanksgiving but we haven't seen like anything about Kira Hogan, you know, I understand kind of like respecting the privacy for what she's been going through a lot. So hopefully Kira Hogan is okay and hopefully like she'll be 100% better no matter what. I mean I know we have that ongoing knockouts tag team tournament coming up. So hopefully something, hopefully like if there's anything to battle, she will probably speak out like within weeks to come. But as of now, I know she needed some time to just to work on herself and being careful. Because I know for a fact that like when it comes to talents, also influencer posting like a very disturbing tweets. And, you know, that led to like the whole aspect of mental health and whatnot. We always got to make sure to like check back within one another and hopefully no tragedy upon us. I mean, we already lost one of the wrestler that ended her life because of cyberbullying and with the depression. And that's Hannah Kimura, of course. So 
I hope whatever she's been going through, hopefully she's okay and she's able to surpass it no matter what. Anyway, guys, so enough of this wrestling headline news. Let's go ahead and talk about the AEW Heel event, which I attended last Friday, November 20th. So, of course, the theme is a talent show, and so... The purpose of it is like you got till by Thursday to send in your tal your with your talent and that way they'll select three people to showcase their talent on the AEW Heal event. Your girl does not have any talent. However, if you guys know me, like in person, especially in the Northern California Bay Area region, you know my only talent is that I boo very loud and I go to the longest booze ever. So if you guys hear like a female voice with the longest booze ever and being so loud, guilty. That's me. So yeah, that's my only talent. I cannot do it right now because, you know, gotta rest my voice since I gotta go to work later on. Also, I'm doing this podcast and I really don't want to get in trouble for like yelling so much because like, yeah, my immediate household is still asleep. We got to go to work tonight. So, yeah, you guys. So, some other time. You could ch- actually check on my YouTube channel on, like, my past Avengers and Wrestling vlogs too. see how loud of a booze I have. So, I just wanted to put out there, you guys. So, yeah. So, anyway. So, the host of the AEW Heal event is actually Leva Bates instead of Brandy because they're still playing along with this whole, like, Brandy Rose's injury angle. Thanks to Jade Cargill putting that arm, putting Brandy's arm, and smash it on the steel chair. If you guys saw on two, like, the last last week or two episode of AEW Dynamite. And, yes, y'all. Jade Cargill was there at the AEW Heal event alongside Vicky Guerrero, Abaddon, Nyla Rose, Chris Statlander, actually. She's actually doing pretty well. Hikari Shida, Rebel, who else? Allie was there. Big Swole was there. Red Velvet was there, actually. Also, Eva Lise was there. And who else? Dasha was there. Aubrey Edwards was there. Who else was there? I'm trying to think who else because like there's so many AEW heel member um women stars that actually attended the event and I guess that was it. So yeah, you guys. So once when Leva Bates unfortunately Brandy could not come and Jay Cargo, I actually kind of like so social shades and like thanks a lot, Jay. Hope you're happy. And then that's where the whole chat room was like, yeah, yeah. What the hell, Jay? Hopefully you get a you get a beating soon, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. And, like, with Jade, she is so unfazed that, like, she typed in, y'all boo me for no reason? I mean, come on out. I was like, girl, we did not be. We just say, like, you know, we blame you for hurting Brandy. Like, chill. All right? But, yeah. So, anyway, they, they kicked off with Britt Baker's um, Q&A question, which actually is just Joshua asking like, couple questions to Brit about, like, her education as a dentist. What does she do? How does she balance her time, like, being the dentist? And and also, like, coming to, coming to Jacksonville for AEW. So, Brit, so, Brit said, like, she used to travel, like, travel to, like, her job and then to her job to the AEW you tape to events, but then, like, traveling along, but then with COVID hits, 
said her schedule is like pretty much more flexible now because now that like the AEW Dynam um events is now in Jacksonville for the time being and they say it's much easier for her to like going back and forth like her job to the venue so it's pretty much awesome and then she talked about like you know how hard it is to be um getting her degree to become a dentist and she did give advice about like you know how does to become a dentist and the only thing she said is find a good school that'll fit for you because it will definitely pay off especially like if you want to be a dentist or like anywhere in the medical field or anywhere just look for a good school that's fit and also one last thing that she actually said and so, while Dasha's asking about the AEW Women's Division, like, what does she want to see um, in the Women's Division? So, Britt Baker, she actually listens to the concerning criti um, critics and everybody. She wanted more um, airtime for the women, more developing storyline, also women main eventing Dynamite, and also, like, a little bit of more women's matches, too. Because she said, like, like they're actually taking much time just trying to figure out how they're going to put in a time slot. Because, you know, AEW Dynamite, they're very criticized when it comes to women's wrestling. Especially put it in, like, the night, the 6.15 to the 6.30 time slot for just one match. And then that's it. So, it's at least now in the works. Even though with even though they have more women's matches for AEW Dark, and they have Britt Baker's The Waiting Room segment, that's just dark. And, you know, some people don't tune into AEW Dark. I actually watch AEW Dark just like an hour before I got to watch Impact Wrestling. And I don't have time to watch it, so I just watch it, like, the next day before Dynamite. Start depends on, like, how, how I'm not tired it is or whatever, like... Because, like, I do work graveyard shifts and stuff like that. But, yeah. So, she actually addressed it. Like, she wanted to see more changes to come. But it will take a lot of patience and a lot of effort. And she said to the ladies, continue on to voice your opinion. So, that way the voice will be heard to have, like, more opportunity for the women's division. I mean, I couldn't agree more, especially like there has been, there's going to have to be a little bit more work to it, too. I mean, they actually signed, signed Serena D. They actually signed Jay Cargill. They already signed Ivelisse Quentley. Hopefully, they'll sign a little bit more, like Kylan King or Red Velvet or even Diamante into, like, a full-time term. And that way, it will be making it more of, like, a high caliber for the women's division alike. Hell, even signed Thunder Rosa, too. Like, shoot. I would like that happening. Or Layla Hirsch. So, there is a lot of room to improve for the women's division because I know, like, some other stars, like Shana, Yuka Sakasaki, Ami Sakura, they couldn't able to come. And Riho, they couldn't able to come because of the travel restrictions, you know, but... We'll just see how it will elevate it, but I'm glad Brid did address um, the state of the women's division in AEW. But anyway, right after the Q&A um, portion of it, there has been a talent show. So they only started off with the three of the AEW women's division. So Hikaru Shida did the piano recital to the theme song of Final Fantasy. How cool is it? That she played a full-blown theme song of the Final Fantasy soundtrack. That was really impressive. 
And then you have Christy Atlanter, but she is actually doing okay, still in recovery from her torn ACL. She actually sings one of the Little Mermaid song, but I forget what song it is, so forgive me, you guys. But she has a very beautiful voice. Damn. Kayla with the K is a one lucky dude. I'm going to say that. And lastly, Red Velvet. Damn. That girl knows how to bust a move. Like, she danced to a Major, La Major Laser featuring J Valvis song. I forget what it is. It's a Spanish song, but she freaking killed it. She twerked along and, you know, kind of like a professional dancing aspect of it, too. So she did an amazing job. Two. And then they actually showcased the three of the AEW Heels member, which I wanted to give a shout out to Gia, Amy M, and Ashley for putting one killer talent. So Gia's talent, she sang and played the piano to Adele's um, Someone Like You. And also Amy M, her talent is she can... Put a wine glass and drink it through. But I'll show you an example. For those of you who are watching it on YouTube, she put her arm on a wine glass. And then I'm going to hold it because I don't want to break my mug, though. And by the way, I'm drinking iced tea. So she drank it like this. But, like, you know, straight up. It's freaking cool. And then lastly, Ashley did a, did a, a, a rain dance. Like a indigenous rain dance where she pays the tribute to her indigenous culture which is so awesome especially that actually let Nyla Rose all choked up and you know very speechless too because like during the talent show portion especially when Hikaru Shida did play the piano and Chris Stadler was singing Nyla Rose had her ear up had her ears covered the whole time she's been trolling like oh my god is it over blah but when Gia did the indigenous rain dance, that's where Nyla Rose, that she is actually blown away. Because, of course, Nyla Rose is actually Native American, or whichever term you want to call it, too. I like saying indigenous because, you know, you know, trying to make it more, like, more culturally appropriate, you know, especially during this time. But... Yeah, so it's pretty awesome for these ladies to showcase their talent alike, especially being more supportive. So the next AEW heel event is actually going to be on December 18th. I'm looking at my calendar up front of the wall. December 18th is going to be the Christmas party, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be definitely going to report that as well, you guys. So hopefully Brandy's going to be feeling better, especially the fact that she better kick Jade Cardell's ass, like no joke. All right, <laughs> man, that promo though from weeks ago still made me laugh till this day. <laughs> All right, y'all. So enough about that. We're gonna be shifting gears to New Japan Pro Wrestling. So as you guys know, I've been doing a lot of Instagram videos on my Instagram page of like coverage of New Japan Pro Wrestling World Tag League and Best of Super Junior. Like I said, make sure to check these out if you want to see my my thoughts of each of the matches. I've been posting it like like daily, like a day or two. So yeah, so check it out. I believe the last video I posted was I did the night nine and night ten of New Japan Pro Wrestling, the best of Super Junior 27 from Wednesday, November 25th. 
as well as the World Tag League from, of course, Saturday, November 28th. So highly suggest checking these out as well. So anyway, you guys, so enough of like the the PSA. Let's go ahead and cover New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong. So double dosage of New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong, as I promised. So let's go ahead and cover last week's New Japan Strong from Friday, November 20th. There's a lot to talk about. So we are in the last of the showdown tour, and they brought back the Japanese ring announcing. So I'm happy about that. So the opening of the match, let me go ahead and get a quick sip of it. Opening of the match you have is the Regal Twins versus Clark Connors and the DKC. So this match itself was pretty impressive, especially you have it's like a lot of counters, a lot of pinfalls and near falls from both teams. Especially you have the double cross body from the Regal Twins. Even though I wanted to give a pet peeve for it, Alex Koslov in commentary, he botched not once, but twice. When he called the Regal Twins, the Logan Twins. Like, really? Name after Logan Regal? I mean, come on now. But it's all good, though. But I'm glad they actually acknowledged about Thanksgiving. Like, thanks to Kevin Kelly. They talked briefly about it during the match, too. So, I was really well impressed with this match altogether. Especially seeing Clark Connors being more aggressive and more, like, you know more like determined as ever since he actually won the Lions Break crown and I feel that he's actually going to be getting ready to graduate very soon too especially being the top student at the LA Dojo too so anyways and then you have the impressive part is like when Clark Connors and the DKC did the the doomsday device for a two count so pretty much a tribute to Finn Juice and the Legion of Doom. So that's actually awesome. And so yeah, DKG, DKC with the torture rack, then a dive to Logan as Clark Connors applied the Boston Crab to Sterling Regal. And thus DKC and and Clark Connors did pick up the victory. So that was a pretty dope match. And afterwards, um Logan did attack Clark Connors from behind, but they but of course Clark Connors being the aggressive of the LA Dojo did attack him back and then kick him out. So, therefore, Logan and Sterling is still outside of the ring, while Clark Connors and DKC stand strong. But, overall, pretty impressive match. Anyway, next up you have is Rocky Romero versus representing Team Filthy, Russ Taylor. I must say, I really enjoy Russ Taylor's is theme entrance it's so dope as hell like it makes me want to like bang my head though so yeah even though he has a questionable entrance like he's trying to do like a yoga martial art pose so (laughs) i don't know dude it's pretty questionable but i must say this match was pretty much a good start especially like you show russ taylor in a collegiate um technical skill especially with that hammer lock transition from Rocky Romero I was very blown away by it together and so the match was awesome especially the fact that you have it's like more of like a hybrid counter with like a strike to a to a collegiate wrestling aspect so you have Russ 
Taylor with a head kick for a two count. And then he actually did the rear naked choke hole combo. And thus he actually picked up the victory. So that was a pretty much a fun match to say too. Especially lead up to what's going to be happening between Rocky and Russ. Especially Team Filthy. Let's just say that. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on to the next match, which is kind of like a reminiscing to APW's past matches. That's right. Representing the pre-Empire, because this is pre-tape, pre-Empire, Jeff Cobbs, versus representing Team Filthy, J.R. Kratos. So this is a pretty much a brutal match that I've seen so many times at APW. But hey, it actually kind of... It actually set my interest, too. So, you have J.R. Kratos with the vertical suplex for the two count. And then Jeff Cobb with the European uppercut and then the Olympus slam. And then he did the standing moonsault for a two count. And so it's kind of like more of a battle off the hosses all together. So it was such a pretty fun match. And at the end, Jeff Cobb did the tour of the island to pick up the victory, y'all. And afterwards, you have Russ Taylor got into the ring and then attacked Jeff Cobb. So they got into a fight until Filthy Tom Lawler with the N95 mask. And by the way, pre-tape. So making sure that because you all know about what's going on with Tom Lawler. And by the way, he is in recovery. So I'm glad he actually is okay. Thank God he's fine. And because like he did compete at the at the past um, um, MLW show. So I just want to let y'all know. Anyway, Tom Lawler with his N95 mask came and attacked Jeff Cobb. And then Fred Roster did attack. And then J.R. Kratos came by. And so is Rocky Romero. It's such a plaster F-word of these attacks. And then out of nowhere, you have is Danny Limelight. Enter the ring. And you thought that he's going to be making the save and aligning with Rocky Romero. But no. He actually clotheslined Rocky and attacked him. And then until the dare wolf himself, PJ Black, came in to, with a steel chair to make the save. So that is right. You have is a full-fledged member of Team Filthy. That's right. Daddy in Limelight is the newest member of the New Japan Pro Wrestling Team Filthy. Now, I, I wanted to say this. So I know you guys want to know about the Team Filthy. So... You have two versions of Team Filthy. You have one in MLW, which is Tom Lawler, King Mo, uh, Dominic Garini, and the newest member, Kevin Koo, which y'all know Kevin Koo and Dominic Garini, known as Violence is Forever. They're now part of Team Filthy because prior to that, you have is um, Eric Stevens, which unfortunately he is officially retired since last month so there you have those are the mlw version of team filthy and now we have the new japan team filthy like tom lawler jr kratos um danny limelight and russ taylor so i'm excited that we finally got like a a own faction within the new japan pro wrestling usfa because the only faction we have like throughout this whole like new japan strong it's bullet club of course like G.O.D., Hikoleo, Kenta, and Jay White, too. So, and I know that, that G.O.D. and Chase Owens is now overseas in Japan just to overseas in Japan because of the World Tag League 
you know so i just figured that they actually need to have like more of a like avoidance for the the unit group too so i'm glad they actually have like a unit that is formed i wish they have like a little bit more of a unit to be formed so that way we can have like a temporary cohesive unit for the time being but hey it's all good though so can't wait but i'm gonna be just talking about it about this week's episode of new japan strong but yeah anyway you guys you have this your main event match which is the iwgp united states heavyweight right to challenge contract holder match which you have is of course the current champ of the contract kenta versus david finley so prior to the match they actually did a video promo of dave finley's um card and then kenta did cut his promo but short and sweet so i actually really enjoy this match altogether. this is like one of the better match that i've seen from dave finley and kenta prior to it i mean you have like a lot of counters a lot of like near pinfalls and near falls and so you have like kind of like more of a cohesive like cohesive like defense Prior to what Kenta is doing, especially grabbing the steel chair, but I'm glad the referee did stop for it. So you have is Dave Finley with the with the top rope European uppercut for the two count, and then he did a senton as well, and then Kenta with the flying clothesline for a two count, followed by followed by Dave Finley was counter with the clothesline for a two count, and then he did a prima noke nota until Kenta did counter counter which finley almost hit the ref of course but then when finley was about to do the attack on kenta kenta actually pulled the ref to side causing the ref to be knocked over and so there is an advantage with kenta grabbing the briefcase however once he got up and about to hit finley with the briefcase that's where dave finley did counter with the stunner but the ref is still down and that's where kenta took the advantage to do the low blow to Dave Finley and then hit him with the briefcase until the ref looks back and about to get ready to count Kenta pin Dave Finley and thus it's a two count but no at the end he did the PK and then the go to sleep and retain the briefcase you guys so the match itself was pretty awesome I really impressed with with everything from top to bottom especially the whole show itself the whole formation of Team Filthy, especially Danny Limelight's heel turn, especially what's going to be happening with the Regal Twins along versus DKC and Clark Connor. So I was very impressed with this show altogether. So I'm giving it a one and a half thumbs up. Love it. And now we're going to go ahead to, to the recent New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong from Friday, November 27th. Which they kicked off the Detonation Tour, y'all. So we are in a new tour. And it's going to get real, y'all. So to kick things off, you have is Logan Regal with Sterling Regal versus Clark Connors with the DKC. So you can tell there is a tension going on between Logan and Clark Connors ever since what happened last week where Clark Connors and DKC did win the match against the Regal Twins. So, you have like a lot of like technical aspect, especially a little bit of like striking action, couple near fall, near falls and pin falls all together. So, you have Clark Hunters with the slaps, snap suplex for a two count, Logan counter with his own snap suplexes. They trade chops from 
Clark Connors and punches from Logan Regal. And so it's a lot of like, you know, offensive moveset too. And then Logan Regal actually countered Clark Connors' spear with the jumping neck breaker from the two count. And unfortunately at the end, Clark Connors did apply the Boston Crab and thus he picked up the victory, you guys. So yeah, it's a pretty much a pretty good opening of the match, especially this is maybe gonna be a continuing um feud going on or an interesting tag team partnership between Clark Connors and DKC. I suspect that we may be seeing a future tournament soon within New Japan Pro Wrestling US of A. Hmm. Because it looks like we're going to be having some tag teams being formed. That's going to be pretty interesting, y'all. Don't you think? But that's just me, though. Anyway, speaking of tag team, let's go ahead and move on to the next match, which is a tag team match between ACH and Juice Robinson versus Jordan Clearwater and Adrian Quetz. I'm sorry. I'm really not feeling Adrian Quetz's blonde hair. Does not look good on him. I'm just saying. So... Yeah. Anyway, you have the usual lockup, headlocks, and countering in the beginning between um, Jordan Clearwater and Juice Robinson. And so, and then he did the, and then Dr Juice Robinson did the vertical suplex to Adrian Quest, and then a Santon for the two count, which is pretty impressive. And then you have Jordan Clearwater with the jumping netbreaker, and then a bulldog, and then followed by a spine buster to. Juice Robinson for the two counts, so that was pretty impressive. So I'm just like pinpointing like highlights from each of the matches. So many impressive moves at moments to it. You have Adrian Quest with a head scissor transition to an arm breaker to ACH, and then he did the mind strong for a two count, and then he did apply the Huracarana to counter ACH for a two count, but then at the end, ACH did push Adrian Quest, and then he did apply the brain buster and thus. ACH and Juice Robinson did pick up the victory. So impressive tag team match in action. So and it's great seeing Juice Robinson and ACH teaming up together. Especially they did have like a pretty interesting chemistry alike too. So yeah. And finally, y'all, you have is the main event match. So you have is Team Filthy, which is Tom Lawler, Russ Taylor, J.R. Kratos. And Danny, Danny Limelight versus the team of representing Chaos, Rocky Romero, representing Ring of Honor, PJ Black, representing just as a freelancer, Fred Rosser, and representing the pre-Empire, Jeff Cobb. So prior to that, you have a video package, package promo from Jeff Cobb and filthy Tom Lawler as Tom Lawler wanted to elevate his Team Filthy brand to a high caliber, especially bringing it to New Japan Pro Wrestling, recruiting one of the toughest, strongest guys ever. So that was pretty impressive of Tom Lawler. And then as soon as all members of Team Filthy came out, what in the hell Tom Lawler is wearing? He looks like a redneck caveman with that t-shirt. I'm not a fan of his George shorts. Um, gear like no because I remember seeing Tom Lawler last year's at APW where he was actually teaming with um Brian Alvarez of course and he wore just like a black tight and he wore a long flannel shirt so hmm this is a print 
pretty interesting like transformation from like one year later though but I'm just saying so and so you have his team babyface coming in and then starting to beat the holding hell out of Empire not Empire but I'm sorry this is New Japan Pro Wrestling USA okay so because I was thinking about like Jeff Cobb pre-Empire they so yeah so anyway pre-Empire Jeff Cobb and crew did start attacking Team Filthy as they started a brutally um, beating each other up. So that match itself was pretty brutal, but it was pretty freaking awesome. You have Jeff Cobb, Jeff Cobb, and... Okay, yeah, Rocky Romero first did the vertical, vertical suplex to Danny Limelight, and then he did pass it along to Jeff Cobb, and then Jeff Cobb passed it to PJ Black, and then passed it along to Fred Roster, and to Fred Roster land the vertical suplex to Danny Limelight, and thus Fred Roster did the elbow drop for a two count. So poor Danny Limelight. I know that like he has to be up upside down while he's being passed along during the whole vertical suplex pass along too. So yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so you have Tom Lawler did wrap Fred Roster's leg at the bottom of the rainbow, and then he did a couple chops and strikes to him. And of course, you have Russ Taylor. With the hammer lock to Fred Roster as he grabbed the face form like for the two count. And then you have J.R. Kratos with the double elbow strike to Fred Roster for two count. Which, poor Fred Roster, he's getting a bunch of beating to it all together. But, hey, I mean, like, they're trying to, I know, like, he's trying to put up into a good fight. And I wanted to mention this. As Klaasov did mention while Fred Roster was tagging um, PJ Black to be in the ring. Alex Koslov did name drop. So he say, Alex Koslov, like, so Roster is tagging his former Nexus partner. That's right, he did say Nexus as, you know, the former faction of WWE that Fred Roster and PJ Black were part of, like, many years ago in WWE. So, yeah. Anyway, and then you have Jared Crater with the double elbow strike to Fred Roster for... Oh, I say that already. Okay. And then PJ Black with the spinning DDT to Danny Limelight until J.R. Crows did side slam PJ Black. And then everybody is doing the different clothesline after Rocky Romero does the forever clothesline, not once but twice but three times to it to Tom Lawler. Until at the end, Tom Lawler took the advantage of Rocky Romero when he did the exploder transition to the chin lock and thus. Team Filthy did pick up the victory. That's right. Dream fight or fight dream. or I don't know what the hell dream they call it. It's like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Baby Huey's gonna, like, um, enlighten me about, like, you know, the whole Team Filthy situation. Dream fight, dream team, whatever. But all in all, this show itself was pretty impressive, especially now we have the whole alliance alike with Team Filthy and then we have it's like you know this tag team of Clark Connors and DKC everything is gonna be pretty dope especially like you know when the detonation tour has already been kicking off so all in all I'm really impressed with this show I'm giving it a one and a half thumbs up again very impressive very blown away altogether. Anyway, you guys, so let's go ahead and kick things off from Impact Wrestling that took place on Tuesday, November 24th. So the opening 
of this whole segment, you have Scott Demore is at the hospital checking in on Bravo as where doctor came by. But you know, as Scott Demore, he said he want Johnny Bravo Bravo to be getting the plug to be pulled. Really, bro, you want you want him to leave dead or something? But it's all good. But the doctor say no. But he said that Johnny Bravo is in stable condition, but he won't be the same. Same because of like, you know, probably due to amnesia or anything like that that's going to be going on. And then Scott said that tonight there is going to be justice. Tonight, Johnny Springer is going to Russell Corps, which he actually said to um, Johnny Bravo late in the hospital bed while the doctor was away. So, yeah, so that's the opening segment. So we're going to be kicking things off with the opening of the match, which you have is the Knockouts Tag Team Tournament that's going underway. So you have is the team of... Flava and Fire, which is which is Tasha Steele and Kira Hogan versus the team of C-Star, which is Ashley Vox and Delmi XO. And your commentator for tonight is actually Josh Matthews and Matt Stryker, which I must say, I really enjoy the commentary throughout the night, especially with such a breath of fresh, fresh air all together. I want Josh... Matthews and Matt Stryker, actually Matt Stryker to be the permanent commentator instead of doing commentary for for Impact Wrestling Ex- Explosion, just be the main one. Replace it either with Josh Matthews or Madison Rain. It's all good because I'm happy about that. So, yay! My wish has been granted because I stated I want Josh Matthews. No, not Josh Matthews. Um, Matt Stryker to be on commentary, y'all. So, I'm happy about that, y'all. Anyway, now the match is out. So, this match was pretty interesting, especially the fact that we get to know more of Seastar. And they did put up one heck of a fight, too. Too. Even though, like, it was like like a slight slow start. But, hey, these ladies actually killed it. No matter what they did. Especially, like, Seastar all together. Yeah, Demi XO with the Tilted World Backbreaker. Ashley Vox with the runny neck snap or the two count to Kira Hogan. Like, and then, of course, Tasha's deal with the spine buster. And then she did the running European uppercut to to Ashley Vox. And so it's kind of like a reminiscing of, like, you know, when they used to be attacking together on on NWA Power, Tasha's deal and Ashley Vox, because they were both baby faces at the time, you know, but... Now they're like facing each other. It was pretty hilarious, to say at least. And then you have like couple chops exchanged from Tasha Steele and Ashley Vox, of course. And of course, you have Ashley Vox did the air raid crash for a two count, which is pretty impressive. But then at the end, Kira Hogan did um, did the bridging fisherman neckbreaker to Dummy XO, and thus Kira Hogan and Tasha Steele is advancing to the next round. So, overall, a pretty solid match. And then afterwards, you have a backstage segment where Jordan Grace is watching the tournament, y'all. And so, she said, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. And there is a competition. And right when the camera turns, your former WWE Women's Champion and former NWA Women's Champion, Jazz made the appearance, 
When I was watching that, I was so in shock. I thought she was retired for good. Like, jeez. Like, I even, like, made, like, when me and Noah, when he was made he appear, first appeared in the Into the Stratosphere episode, like, a couple episodes ago, we did mention about Jazz retiring, as she confirmed during the Chris Van Fleet show. And now, uh, she's on Impact. Reason why. So, Gia Miller came by and was surprised. Um, that Jazz was there, and she said, why is she there? Jazz did stated that she wanted to wrestle for one last time. She'd been a women's champion before. She's been, she's been, been doing so much. She wanted to do her last hurrah. It's becoming the Knockouts Tag Team Champion. That's right. So pretty much her final, so pretty much her retirement tour is still continue. But her last stop is Impact Wrestling. This is going to be pretty interesting, y'all. Because as y'all know, Jordan Grace and Jazz is going to be facing off against Renee Michelle and former NXT UK star Killer Kelly next week. So this is going to be pretty interesting to say at least. So yeah, y'all. Anyway, and then you have a backstage segment with the North as Ethan Page did show and admit to Josh that he actually put Doc Gallows out to four to six weeks and he deserved a pat him back. Josh was not too pleased about it and he said, like, why the hell did he do it? And he said, like, it's the dumbest thing ever because, like, of course, the Good Brothers are the current Impact Tag Team Champion and he cannot get, and they cannot get the title back. So Ethan said he has a plan and not to worry about it so it looks like you can tell that this is going to be a start of a storyline of the north about to break up you guys because you can tell how josh is like not putting up with ethan page's uh shenanigan so it looks like it's actually going to be bound to happen but yeah anyway we're going to go on to wrestler's court so you have is d'lo brown as the lawyer and tommy dreamer as the judge but then Madison Rain, who is serving as Johnny Swinger's lawyer, she said it doesn't make sense because Dreamers don't want to actually accuse Swinger for shooting Johnny Bravo. And so, so Dreamer and D'Lo Brown actually switch places. So D'Lo Brown's the judge and Tommy Dreamer is the lawyer. So pretty much it's like, pretty much you have, it's like the whole Russell's course, who is the one that shot some cousin Jake Diener as a bailiff. First witness, he has Fala Ba and then Cody Diener. Yeah, it's like unnecessary witnesses about what's going on on the on the day of the whole Rosemary Johnny Bravo's wedding. So, yeah, you guys. And so, and who was there in the audience? Triple X, um, Triple XL was there. Father James Maestro was there. Ty Back was there. Rosemary was there. And Fala Ba, well, I say Fala Ba was there. And yeah, pretty much that's it. Not much to say. Anyway, and then you have his next match right here. You have is Rohit Roju versus um, a challenger for the Defeat Rohit Challenge. It's none other than Suicide. Dun, 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 dun. Anyway, so pretty much a match itself. It was pretty much a your typical X Division match. Pretty dope to say at least. 
I know Josh Matthews still keep plugging the Super J Cup. That's going to be happening on December 12th because Chris Bay and TJP is competing at the Super J Cup. So I'm glad they actually promote like a New Japan Pro Wrestling event. So hopefully they're still going to continue on. So, you never know because of a lot of, like, cross-promotion rumors or aspect of it. But, yeah, anyway, so, yeah, Rohit Roshi with the snap vertical suplex for a two-count. And then Suicide did counter with the heavy, heavy body shots until Roshi did hammer down the back of Suicide's neck. And then he actually did a body slam and then a running knee to Suicide back. And then while, while Roshi did connect the leaping flat liner... And he was about to remove Suicide's mask until TJP appeared on stage in surprise. As soon as the mask was off, it was Crazy Steve. And that's where Crazy Steve Dick took the advantage to do the sunset flip. And thus, Crazy Steve picked up the victory. So it looks like we're actually going to be getting like more of a storyline developing in a mix between... Crazy Steve and Rohit Roju because I kind of noticed he wasn't up here on the whole Russell Corp BS shenanigan, but I'm glad that he's getting the opportunity to push he needs. I thought he's going to continue on with the feud with Brian Myers from last week, but I guess this is like kind of like the end of it too, but I guess this is him going on to the next storyline alongside TJP, but yeah. Anyway, then you have backstage of Sammy Callahan, like, you know, giving Ken Shamrock a pep talk for the upcoming match Ken Shamrock is facing against Rich Swan for the Impact World title. And then out comes Moose, and he said the Impact World title is the second rate, second rate, and remind that he still holds the Impact Wrestling title. And he actually took a shot at Ken Shamrock, saying that even though he respects Ken Shamrock, but you got to remember, Moose did beat Ken Shamrock. And that's where Ken was not having it. And then Sam was trying to like to break him away from, from Moose because of like, you know, of his anger and whatnot. So, yeah, interesting like backstage segment to say at least. And then he has another backstage segment with Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with the K while they're kind of like, like, you know, taking pictures of Tino's glasses and Tino was like kind of saying which glasses look good on her until Alicia Edwards came by and she confronted. She wanted to know what's up with the tag team. Till Neil did confront her that she did tag Jordan in the past and Madison in the past, but it didn't work out. So tagging Alicia is not going to work out. And Kayla was trying to have her to skedaddle. So Alicia did try to convince Tennille that like even though they didn't win the knockout tag team tournament, but anything is possible. She's doing the famous Edwards quote. And she did bust out a lyrical quote that we're all familiar. So Alicia said, like, remember what's that old saying was? So and she said, she said, if you don't if you first don't succeed, you must try again. Yep, that's the song from Aaliyah's Try Again, you know, from the soundtrack of Romeo Must Die. So <laughs> I was like, I was so, like, laughing. The fact that she was impressed that she never heard of this before, like, are you for real, though? It's, like, one of the hottest songs in the late 90s to early, 
2000s, you guys. Like, come on now. You guys have not heard of Aaliyah? Like, okay. So, Tenille was impressed and she said, like, she is a go-getter and she is a positive person and she wanted to, like, try until Alicia did cut through and say, then we're good, right? Leash, Tenille, and Caleb. And then Caleb, with the K. With the K. So, pretty much... It looks like they're now still a tag team, even though Tennille is, like, very, very standoffish about it because she'd rather be alone. But at the same time, she wanted to be, like, continuing to be, like, setting a good example of, like, you know, her way of thinking. But it's all good. Anyway, we're moving on to the next match, which you have is Kimberly with Deanna Perrazzo versus Killer Kelly with Renee Michelle. So this match itself, it was pretty awesome. However, it felt a bit short. I was expecting kind of like a longer match, especially when we want to see like more of a, you know, a match from Killer Kelly to like everybody, everybody would suspect like, you know, a long match between Kimberly and Killer Kelly. But hey, it is what it is. I mean, it's a uh, Killer Kelly did an amazing job too. So like, it's kind of like more of like, Kind of like, you know, in a bit of an enhancement match, but not really. So Killer Kelly with the headbutt to Kimberly, and then she did apply the butterfly suplex. And then the cartwheel knee drop, followed by the quarter drop kick for a two count until Kimberly with the fireman's carry permission, um, position. And then until at the end, that's where Kimberly did hit the tilt the world backbreaker. And then she did the swanton bomb to pick up the victory, y'all. So... It's pretty much a pretty short match. And then afterwards, you have, like, some weird music and lights coming out of nowhere. And look who appeared. It's Susie! Holy crap, Susie is now back. So Susie came out, she cut a promo, she said, Hi, I'm Susie, and you hurt my friends. And that's bad. And so she turned around, and then, of course, out comes the music of Soo Young. I was pretty shocked by it. Because I was thinking, is this Susie and Soo Young the same person? So, let me go ahead and get to what happened with this, and I'll get my thoughts on it. So, Susie came out, and then as soon as she got into the ring, that's where Deanna Perrazzo and Kimberly started to... Starting to attack So Young. So she, tr so, uh, So Young did attack Kimberly back, and then that's where she's in a face to face with Deanna Praza. And then she tried to do the mandible crop to Deanna Praza, but Deanna escapes. That's where, like, her and Kimberly ran away, and yeah. And so So Young, you know, ran, ran back, stayed, walked back to stage and then until Susie appeared she waved and walked away okay y'all that was a pretty special um special effect especially like during the whole like so young Deanna Pross and Kimberly attack you saw like some body double as Susie kind of like you know touching the hand and stuff like that I'm really impressed the fact that like you know even though like with Impact Wrestling they're taking the advantage of this whole empty arena situation you could create something that is freaking awesome like the whole like body double situation with like Susie and Sue Young so 
I think there's only one thing that is like kind of like, you know, pretty impressive and taking advantage of this, you know, since we're in the pandemic era and empty arena too. You got to think creative. So I want to give props to Impact Wrestling for think outside of the box for that. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of like, you know, this whole effect with Susie Sue Young situation, which I'll get into that in a moment. But having like someone as a body double of Susie is actually pretty much perfect. We don't know who is that body double for Susie is, but hey, it's all good. It was pretty freaking awesome. I really enjoyed this segment, though. And then you have the backstage with Gia Miller interviewing Chris Sabian and the returning Alex Shelley from the from injury. So they actually talk about that. They wanted to get their, their tag team paddle back, and Alex Shelley said he is in recovery, but he is 100% ready to go. And then you have is a backstage segment with Rich Swan and Willie Mack, which Willie's actually wearing Taya Vacheries um look up by Taya um sweatshirt. So so Rich did check in on Willie Mack to see what happened ever since the whole moose situation until Chris Bay came by and he wanted a title shot title shot. But Rich told him he's not cool because like he's cause we're not cool of what happened. And so Chris Bay did tell Rich to give him a call if he could defeat Ken Shamrock tonight. But then Rich was like not having so he was about to fight until Willie Mack did trying to back him up. So that's what happening with this segment. So yeah. Anyway, so then you have is Ethan Page's um speculation match. Like whoever Carl Anderson bring the opponent. And even he gets the rematch for the Impact World Tag Team title. So out comes the North, even though Josh is still pissed off at Ethan Page, but it's all good. And then you have Carl Anderson came out, and then he said, like, even though Gallows is, isn't there, but he still wanted to defend the title and also making sure to bring the opponent opponents as well, especially for the rematch. So... So, Carl Anderson announced who is this person is. Well, when the music hits, get ready to fly, fly, fly. Yup, AJ Styles' old Impact Wrestling theme song. And who came out? Nope, it's not the phenomenal one himself because he's still stuck with WWE. It's Swoggle dressing up as AJ Styles. Should I say as what the ring announcer Dave Peltzer said? CJ Swoggle, but everybody else call him AJ Swoggle. Y'all, I was f- laughing my ass off the whole time. Even though there has been like some spoilers reported through different um, wrestling websites and dirt sheet so- so- sites, but this is freaking perfect. I actually really enjoy this segment altogether, and especially this particular match. Oh my god, I couldn't even stop laughing the whole time. So you have it, Swoggle. Del- Delivered the phenomenal bliss, and then he ducked a clothesline from Ethan Page, and then he did the impressive tilt a whirl, head scissor takeover, but then he got distracted by Josh Alexander, which he actually kind of yelled like for no reason until Page took the advantage of Swaggle with a pump kick. And so, yeah, a lot of back and forth going on until at the end, you have Josh Alexander did continue to run interference, but then Carl Anderson did attack. Josh Alexander with a big haymaker. Thus, Swoggle did took the advantage with the schoolboy roll-up. And thus, 
AJ Swaggle pick up the victory. <laughs> I know a lot of people are not are not having with this segment because there's a lot of things like, you know, Swaggle did um say to um Brian Myers during their match that he don't belong in impact. He belongs to impact. He's not a joke. Also, another people saying like, will it offend AJ Styles or is too hokey? Listen, y'all. I know that I know AJ Styles did not speak up about the segment because you know you know WWE is still under contract and stuff. But if if they can do the segment, you know, you know they gotta get approved from AJ Styles, and you know AJ is pretty much still good friends with Carl Anderson, of course. So so you know that like AJ did give the blessing to Carl, and also with Impact Management that hey, let go ahead and do the AJ Styles gimmick because like you know people do miss AJ Styles when he was in Impact Wrestling, and of course the theme song of it too. So. I really enjoy it. I know AJ probably will enjoy this segment too. It's especially like a tribute. Especially a nice tribute to him too. So yeah, the only thing I was like really makes me feel better and happy is hearing AJ Styles' old Impact Wrestling theme song, The Get Ready to Fly. That was like my biggest quote on my vlog. If you guys watch like my past independent wrestling vlogs, um, you guys know I've been screaming, get ready to fly, whatever someone is doing, the Tope Suicida, Tope Cohere, or any other insane dive outside of the ring, I always yell, get ready to fly. So, it is a very nice, touchy tribute to AJ Styles, even though it is funny as hell, but I know that it's definitely worth watching. But, anyway, y'all, let's go ahead and move on to... Move on to back to the wrestlers court. Of course, you have Johnny Swinger did take the stands per usual. And so not much to say, except he did say he called himself the OJ Simpson professional wrestling, which is like, oof, that's bad. But he did admit that the last time you read the newspaper is 1991. But yeah. And so then father James Mitchell did, um, took the stand he actually um say about this whole ritual weirdness going on and then he have his rosemary taking the stand as well because father james mitchell did say a good point too said it has to do with some ritual though so tommy dreamer did ask rosemary did she ever love johnny bravo and she say no and where father james mitchell said yes i knew it as Say, Rosemary did say she is part of the undead realm and she never loved him as she wanted just a virgin blood for a ritual. Which, that's what Father James Mitchell did actually stated, of course. And so, all of a sudden, Johnny Bravo appeared and he called Rosemary the B-word. And I was like, oh my god, I'm sorry, this is funny. And so, D'Lo Brown did call out Bravo, but he said he hates her, but he said she's not... Uh, she's not the one that shot him until Tommy Dreamer did administer a lie detector test to Larry D. Even though Larry did pass the test, he put a potion spray that y'all saw, which is a transformation of Lawrence D. And of course, Lawrence D is the one that shot Bravo. But yeah. And yeah, 
So at the end, D'Lo Brown did rule Johnny Swinger as non guilty, and that's the end of the Russell Court, and overall, maybe the end of this whole Russell House saga, because now everybody can get a deserved push as they needed to. Like, Triple XL is getting their push, like they had their feud with Motor City Machine Guns going on. I know Followed by is supposed to be getting the feud ready for, for let's say, Hernandez and Reno Scum. Taya and Rosemary getting ready for the knockouts tag team, which I want to point out. Afterwards, Cameron turns to Taya as Taya was giving a huge, dirty look to Johnny Bravo. So pretty much, Taya and Rosemary will be like, you know, pretty much being the B-word to Johnny Bravo. That will be funny. But we'll see what's going on because I know they have a match in two weeks, which they're going to be facing against Deanna Perrazzo and Kimberly, which I'll get into that storyline in just a minute. Or so, whatever. But, yeah. And so, let's just hope it's going to end this whole shenanigan. That way we can come back to, like, a more of a proper storyline for each of the matches. Especially, we have the upcoming show next month on February 12th, which is Final Resolution. And also, the big pay-per-view coming up in two months, which is Hard to Kill. So, let's go ahead and move on to the next match. You have his follow-up versus Davari. Not much to say, it's just a showcasing match. But during the match, you have it's Eric Young and Joe Dury coming out and then attack both of them. Until Eric Young did cut a promo, but then lo and behold, Rhino came out and started attacking both of them until Joe Dury took the advantage to attack Rhino and then they continued on to attack. And that's where AY cut a promo saying that this world does not belong to you, it belongs to us. So, pretty much he is, like, pre like showing showing the world, everyone that him and Joe Dory is the threat of Impact Wrestling. But, yeah, you guys, we're going to be seeing continuing, like, you know, like this whole, like, feud going on, which whoever will counter, it's going to be Eric Young and Joe Dory against Reno and then possibly Heath. I know he is out with, like, you know, trying to recover from his recent injury at Bound for Glory. But, yeah. Anyway, then you have the set backstage segment with Swaggle and Crazy Steve as TJP came by and congratulate him, him and getting a title shot for the X Division title until Brian Mars came by and then he called TJP a clown and stuff. And that's it. So, pretty much, we're going to be getting a next feud between TJP and... Brian Myers, so I'll be interesting. And then you have a backstage segment with Deanna Peraza and Kimberly as they actually seek help to Father James Mitchell. So they both please like how they can handle Susie Sue Young situation, and Father James Mitchell did accept it, but for a deal, y'all. If you follow this whole like. Situation with Father James Mitchell, whether it comes to Susie, the whole Rosemary Havoc, or even form the current AEW star Allie when she used to be in Impact Wrestling back in the day. Y'all know what's the whole like deal of Father James Mitchell. Selling your soul. Yeah. Let's just hope Kimberly's not going to be the one that's going to sell her soul. I hope not. And especially the fact that I feel like that particular storyline is going to be affecting by their upcoming match in two weeks, which they're going to be facing two weeks. Well, pretty much next week since I'm 
I'm recording on a Friday, and it, this podcast will be up like either on a Saturday or a Sunday. The upcoming days, where Kimberly and, and Deanna Prazo is going to be facing against Taya and Rosemary during the Knockouts Tag Team Tournament. I think that's going to play the ma- major factor of this match, but who knows what's going to happen next, you guys. But anyway, let's go ahead and move on to the main event match. So you have is Rich Swan versus Ken Shamrock with Sammy Callahan for the Impact World Championship match. So this match itself, it was a pretty much a a your standard back and forth match altogether. And so you have is the referee did inject his Sammy Callahan from ringside, so it was a pretty much a heavy hitting match. I mean, yeah, Rich Wan super kicking Chan Shamrock, and then he did connect the frog splash for a two count. Chan Shamrock applied the cross arm breaker, and then he put his foot under a rope, which forced break break the hole from from Rich Wan, and then Rich Wan did this two speeding hook kick until Chan Shamrock applied the Ankle lock transition into the real naked chokehold, which is like, shit, that's really, like, brutal. Until Rishwan did a impressive roll-up, and thus he picked up the victory, you guys. And then afterwards, y'all, honey, to quote Lovely's T, and that's where um, Sammy Callahan did drag the referee out right when Ken Shamrock did punch the referee's face, and so that's where they took advantage to attack Rich Swan until Sammy Callahan grabbed the bat as Eddie came out to trying to make the save. But then Ken and Sammy did hit him with the bat, and then it got so bad that Eddie Edward got busted open when Sammy Callahan did hit him with the bat like on his forehead, and thus you have to. Have the referee, the security came out, and D'Lo Brown, which, oh my god, D'Lo Brown, bad idea. When D'Lo Brown got in the ring trying to defuse the situation, Ken Shamrock punches D'Lo Brown, while Sammy Callahan whistling statistically cover Eddie Edwards' blood. It became a cluster Edward melee, y'all. Like, I couldn't even imagine from it all together. But yeah, y'all... So, yeah, that's the end of Impact Wrestling. It was a pretty decent show. I'm glad they're ending this whole, like, Wrestle House saga. And we're getting more of a developing storyline of, like, each of the of the feuds that's happening with Impact Wrestling. So, I'm pretty impressed by it all together. So, with my thumbs up, thumbs down, I'm going to give a generous one and a half thumbs up. I'm really enjoying the show. I'm really enjoying how it's going to be playing out with like the upcoming final resolutions um impact plus special and also like how they're going to be developing more of like each of the cohesive storyline together so yeah you guys therefore looking forward to what's going to be happening next on the episode of impact wrestling but with that being said that is it for the episode of into the stratosphere you guys comment down below if you're watching on youtube channel would you Guys are looking forward to also talks about New Japan Pro Wrestling and Impact or anything above. And also, you guys, make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram on my YouTube channel, which is still on hiatus at simply underscore C underscore OK. Also, make sure to follow the podcast 
on every social media platform at the Bulletcast. Also, make sure to follow the Bulletcast on all podcasting platform: Spotify, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, um, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. Patreon, which is interesting. Patreon, okay. And also, I want to say this real quick. Episode 200 of the Bulletcast. It's going to be releasing in a couple days, you guys. Again, yours truly is going to be making the appearance. So, y'all, don't forget to tune in. It's going to be a party, y'all. Congratulations, Philip and Brandon. So proud of you. I'm forever grateful to being part of the Bulletcast team and, you know, being as much of a contributor as I can as well. So anyway, guys, I got to start getting ready to go to work. So just remember, y'all, to please wash your hands 20 to 30 seconds. Practice social distancing. Wear your face mask and face covering at all time because the numbers are going high AF, you guys. And just remember to please be kind to one another. We're all in this together. Till then, I'll see you in the next episode. Cheers, y'all.